What an honor. What a pleasure to have you here on this Once Again Mom podcast. Ah, Podcasting has been in my field for a really long time. And here we are. This has been a dream of mine, and I'm just so honored that you would spend a little bit of your time with me as we navigate postpartum motherhood together. This podcast is all about motherhood. We'll be covering all the different aspects of motherhood, but the main focus will be those tender postpartum days, weeks, and first year of motherhood. We will be talking about the physical experience of birthing a baby and navigating healing as a mother, the practical aspects of healing, not only nutrition and supplements, but moving into the heart and the soul of matters, the emotional movement of the body and how it plays with our mental states. We will cover what tribal motherhood looks like and feels like, how to find that in your own community and the boundaries that we as women get to discover and establish. The most exciting topic for me personally is what it looks like to heal the masculine and feminine in us as we become and fully embody the matriarch. There are so many exciting conversations and energetic spaces that we're going to explore here. Having you here is one of my greatest honors and such a pleasure. I hope that you feel the immense love and gratitude that I have for you in this space. I would like to start this podcast off with my own story. Let you get to know me. I am discovering the immense healing that we receive as we listen and connect to other people's stories, as well as share our own. My oldest daughter just turned 12 this year, and for the first time in my motherhood experience, I paused and cried on her birthday. This reality of what we had gone through together, her and I really sank in. Having her lead me to a new part of myself that I hadn't met yet. Her birth was phenomenal. I had never felt so powerful, so alive, so connected, so worthy of this life experience before. Our postpartum experience, however, was not as empowering or as supported. In birth, I owned the experience in my body and learned how to lean into the pain of contractions and opening of my body. I learned that as I leaned into the pain, the pain dissipated. As I ran away from it and tried to make it go away, the pain intensified and became unbearable. Her birth allowed me access to the grit and knowing of myself that I wish on every single person. The days and months that followed her birth were not quite as wonderful for me. The lessons still potent, yet they weren't landing in a way that I was able to see them. I just found myself frustrated and overwhelmed at this new life of being a mother. I had the privilege of staying home with her, getting to experience her person, her every move, and her growth journey. However, at the same time, I wanted to put something out into the world. I wanted to bring an income and contribute to our home. And what I felt at the time was a more important job. There was so much internal pain of feeling unseen and unheard as my baby cried and cried, having no idea why or how to fix her. I felt unqualified and unprepared to be her mom. I outsourced my inner intuition to my husband with the intention of, quote unquote, doing this parenthood thing together. We were a team, and I wanted him as involved as he wanted to be, and he very much wanted to be involved. 
As soon as he got home from work, he would take her and walk miles around our home through her inconsolable tears. To compound these emotions of inadequacy, our breastfeeding journey was cut short, mostly because of my lack of knowledge and choosing to pump and dump after getting food poisoning. At seven weeks, I gave her her first formula bottle and she slept all night long without any sort of crying fits. I felt so much shame and failure instantly, how much my body handled birth like a boss but failed in nourishing my baby. My whole being was deflated. Grief flooded my body. I chose her comfort over my desire, and that was one of the hardest choices of my life at that point. The next few years would echo that same theme. It felt like such a betrayal of my person, my intuition, and my motherhood. However untrue any of that may be, that was a story that I felt and knew in my being. Fast forward a few years and four miscarriages, this story took a deep root in my body. It took me years and a really powerful energy session to repair and shift that story. I remember vividly driving down a four-lane road, turning into Target, my daughter about seven or eight months asking my mom if she ever felt like she was permanently babysitting her children. She said no, and that it wasn't a normal motherhood feeling. And I said, well, that's how I felt with her. I didn't feel like she was my kid. I didn't feel connected with her in the way that I thought I would as a first-time mom. A few years later, she told me that she thought I had been experiencing postpartum depression. And instantly, I knew that that was true. Postpartum depression didn't look or feel like what I thought it was supposed to look or feel like, so I very much flew under the radar. About 21 months ago, I gave birth to my fourth full-term baby, a girl. Her birth, babyhood, and toddler life has been incredibly redemptive to both my oldest daughter and I. Looking back, I can see how I didn't allow myself to fall in love with her out of fear of being crushed by that love. Like when you don't fully give yourself to your partner because you're so afraid of getting hurt, except for me, it was fear of loving so deeply that I might not be able to stand or move in the vastness and intensity of love I had for her. So I guarded myself from going all the way in. Do you know that story? So many of us are so scared to love deeply. Two years after having my daughter, I was approaching 42 weeks pregnant with my first boy. The pressure to perform birthing this baby was on strong. I didn't like the care provider I had and didn't like the experience of birthing my first baby in the hospital. I didn't feel safe to trust or move with my body how my body was asking. So I chose to birth my baby at home, a free birth. There was no home birth midwives in our area at the time, and I couldn't find any laws in my state on home birth. So I took a risk and chose to go rogue and honor my process and the birth of this baby. The amount of fear that surrounded me was incomprehensible. My care provider chose to attempt to strip my membranes at 40 weeks after I had clearly stated I wanted zero intervention or induction methods. He was convinced that babies were best born at 39 weeks statistically. Another motivation was I wanted to keep my placenta and wasn't sure I would be able to take it home with me from the hospital, nor did I want to fight about it. So home birth it was. 
I knew no one who had had a home birth or even what to expect, but I had gathered all the tools that I thought we might need and did what I could to engage in getting birth going. My sweet boy was born in coal, which means he was born in his amniotic sac, the waters. The magical, painful experience of pushing a balloon through your hips instead of a slithering baby that morphs and contorts as they move down and through. Immediately after cutting the cord, holding the placenta, and getting cleaned up, we called the ambulance to take us to the hospital for all the afterbirth checks and to help navigate the paperwork. The next 24 hours in the hospital proved to be stressful with bothersome nurses not allowing for rest to take place. A worry brought up around my son's holes in his ears that could be linked to kidney issues but was proven to not be accurate for him and genuinely not being cared for as a birthing mom deserves to be cared for. This experience confirmed my gut instinct to have my baby at home. In that season of life, my husband had stepped into business ownership, taking over a fully operational welding and fabrication shop just two weeks before my sweet boy was born. The presence of my husband through the birth was very different in comparison to my first birth. Two weeks post-birth, I found myself blacking out, driving, and having a really difficult time breathing. At the urging of my mother, I went to the walk-in clinic and was told I had pneumonia and was given two options, one to be admitted to the hospital to get treatment or the other was to get a pneumonia shot with breathing treatments then and there. After calling my husband to help make the decision, he encouraged me to get the shot and come home that I wouldn't do well in the hospital environment. I remember sobbing in that doctor's office at the pain of the shot and the overwhelm my entire body felt. The nurse practitioner who was tending me asked me multiple times if I was safe and okay at home, that I should not be reacting as intensely or emotionally as I was. All I could think about was how very little interaction they must have with postpartum moms and how wildly alone I felt. The next few days and weeks would be really difficult for me. I immediately stopped breastfeeding as my body couldn't keep up with the demand. My entire body and soul was overwhelmed and exhausted. I called my mom to come and help me so that I could rest and my babies would be cared for and safe. It was a gift that she was able to do that for me. I had been introduced to the world of essential oils when my daughter was four months old, and the effect they would have on my recovery was pretty significant. My mom was diligent in getting oils on my body consistently, and within a week, I was feeling mostly back to myself. A huge majority of his postpartum season is a blur, filled with spotty memories triggered by videos and photos taken. Severe exhaustion delight at seeing my children interact and play with one another being a main theme of memory recall. Love for these two kids grew and grew as each moment of sweetness was soaked in like a dry sponge to water. My favorite thing of motherhood is still watching my children connect and build their own relationship with each other. Seven months later, I would experience my first pregnancy loss at six weeks. And then 10 months after that would be my second at 15 weeks. With little to no conversation in my family around losing babies, I felt lost, betrayed, and an intense amount of guilt. My body had failed me in the most tender way possible. How and why were the questions on repeat? Again, I felt alone. My mom had never experienced loss, and there wasn't conversation around this in my peer group. After my third full-term baby, I would go on to have two more losses. 
during the loss of my seventh pregnancy, I was really, really ill. I'll share more about this story in a special episode. I was introduced to someone locally who did Reiki energy healing, Chinese meridian body work, and massive perspective shifting. (laughs) When you went to him, it was a solid four to five hours, and there was so much healing of being heard and seen that took place. I am forever grateful to this man for the time and energy he gave me through this season of my life. One of the sessions that I had with him, my body decided that it was done holding on to the shame, guilt, and betrayal of the losses. Intense self-hatred surfaced as I felt and released all of it. Realizing how much I had stacked in my body with each loss and shedding every single ounce of it, felt the release of many, many pounds of weight. I was convinced that when I got off the table, my trousers would not fit and fall off. However, they did not. But my entire being was different. I felt entirely different in my skin. And finally, I was feeling a little bit more like the person I knew. My third full-term baby was my longest labor and birth, clocking in at 43 and a half hours. He was not engaging the birth canal properly due to facing up instead of facing down. His little head kept hitting my left hip, creating a really long and arduous experience. A water birth is what my whole being craved, and getting to experience that was magic. My postpartum with him was peaceful. It was the first baby that I didn't have stripped away from me for any reason. I didn't have to put him in a car seat to come home with me. I didn't have any feelings of needing to protect my space or be on guard because I was home in my own space. My midwife came in and checked on us at the 24-hour mark and then again at day three or four, but we were alone to rest and bond. I had many friends around that helped care for the older kiddos, but it was mostly us at home, resting with a lot of PBS television. I gave myself permission to be with him in my PJs for as long as I wanted and then allowed myself to leave the house when I felt it was time and I was stir-crazy. His postpartum experience was redemptive and healing for my soul. My eighth pregnancy, fourth full-term baby, who is 21 months old at the time of this recording, was the full package of birth and postpartum my inner being knew and craved to be true. Hiring the same midwife as my third baby, I made it clear that I would not be sharing my birth space with anyone other than my husband and children. I needed to do it on my own. I wanted to connect with my own inner innate wisdom without being swayed or concerned with anyone else in the room. I opened the space to my children to experience the birth of their sibling if they wanted to, and as it played out, my older two woke up and made their way into the bathroom in time to see her emerge where my youngest son came in moments after. Her birth was deep healing magic, one where I felt myself go through the depths to bring her earthside. I connected to that motherhood part of myself that I had met in my first birth. This postpartum portal was potent, purposefully engaged and surrendered in, swimming in the bliss of the tenderness of the open body and soul. Two weeks, the portal was tangibly open, connected to all timelines, spaces, and me, the me that has always existed before and after. The portal was open and tender, light and dense, clear and full like an ocean. Everything was familiar and sacred. 
yet mysterious and shrouded. It was in this space that I came to know motherhood in a whole new way. I encountered my own beauty and place, my own purpose and truth, my power, my matriarchal presence. It was in this place that I settled in my knowingness, and once again mom was dropped into my being. This portal of presence with moms, this experience of reconnecting, remembering ourselves together, this reattachment of the lost knowledge of motherhood, of our sacred selves. The magazine that I've created is one piece of that vision. It's one way we can circle together and share our wisdom and knowledge with each other. And it's a product that I'm really, really proud of. This podcast is another piece, Story Medicine, as my friend Katie at Embrace Yourself Whole calls it. Connecting with your own story as you hear the stories of others and allowing the medicine of their truth and experience wash in and through you. The stories and wisdom we have to share with you in the next few weeks are potent healing medicine. In the coming months, there will be many more offerings, a retreat space where we as mamas can come together in the same physical location, connecting, healing, and sharing with one another. Tea circle gatherings where we receive our sacred monthly tea box, sitting in ceremony online together once a month, drinking in the beauty of the rhythm of the moon and the stars. There's a potency of medicine and women coming together to remember, to reacquaint us to ourselves again shedding programs that have been installed into our being that are not our truth and that are no longer serving our lives today. My mission, to return mamas home to themselves. It is in these moments that the world is changed as we reconnect to the ancient wisdom and truth. We heal ourselves and ultimately heal the world. I am so honored that you are here. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your attention, and I am so excited, I am so giddy to walk this path with you. What a gift it is to have you here on this journey with us. If anything resonated with you today, please reach out and share it with us. The email address is in the show notes. We love to hear what connected with you, or leave a review for the world to know your thoughts. It really does help get the podcast in front of more mamas that we can serve. We would also love to know what content would serve you best. If you have a story to share, a postpartum experience that you feel would serve other women, we would love to hold space for you and your story. If you would like to gift the Modern Postpartum Guide, Surviving to Thriving Postpartum from Once Again Mom, head over to onceagainmom.com where you can find all of the details in ordering your digital or physical copy. Thank you for being a part of the Once Again Mom postpartum reclamation movement, where we get to thrive and enjoy the season of ourselves and motherhood again. Until next time, I am your host, Joy Moore, and this is the Once Again Mom podcast.